All right, so RJ, what's your number three? My my number three is Elmo's Big Day Out. R- RJ, what are you eating? Stop stop I'm, chewing on I'm the just num- I'm just nodding on d- delicious Chex Mix. And now a word from our sponsors. Tell us a little bit more about that lovely Chex Mix, RJ. It's good full of salt and fat. It'll make you fat and you won't starve if you pop chocolates. I hear one of the best parts of the Chex Mix is its variety. Tell me what kind of varieties you got in there, RJ. It's 95% those shitty square ones that you fucking hate. But oh, the little bread, those. they get they put four of the bread circles. That's the only good part. RJ, you're not really selling this product to me. Well, they're giving us $50,000. All right, buy Chex Mix. Our Chex Mix. We love Chex Mix. We love to eat Chex Mix. We, we love, love the, the shitty square ones. Oh, I don't like the square oh. ones. I, you guys can shut the fuck up. You put them in the They're good if you put them in the oven, you say? Yeah, you like what? You toast them on a... They're so good. You put... This, this, this is for real. You put Chex Mix and you like put on a thin spread on a little baking sheet. And you put it in the oven for like five minutes. And toasted. It's but, like toast bread, but Chex Mix. Oh, it's so fucking But aren't they already bread. ultimately toasted bread? Yeah, Everybody. It's like, it's double toasted bread. Buy Chex Mix. We're so poor. <laughs> we're living. We're actually recording this in a cardboard box. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but there's rain falling down. It's melting our cardboard box. It's getting really. The ceiling's getting really low. We have to cuddle at night just to keep warm. Um, we do that anyway. Oh. My number two favorite film of all time is Hot F-U-Z-Z. That's two Z's and doesn't make you want to snore even though it's the Z's. Disease. Oh, that was... <laughs> yeah, it's two Z's. That was you a good it? introduction. Hot Fuzz fucking rule, dude. I love that movie. Yeah, dude, did you rewatch it? Did you? I did not. I was going to, but then I edited the first part of the podcast. Yeah, because this... <laughs> Yeah, because it's uh, two days later after the first part. Yeah, right. we got sleepy and tired, and we and wanted hungry. to go get Chinese <laughs> fucking hungry. buffet. And so now we're recording the second half. Yeah, we were like, we we paused the second part, and we all realized we're miserable. Yeah, so we'll put it in two parts. Yeah. for the first five hour podcast episode. Know, Ever. This is definitely gonna be the longest episode. And um, for our little background treat, our little our little snacky snack, besides our beautiful boxes of Chex Mix that are open, and God damn, it's so good. Um, we're watching a flight to where are we flying? We're flying to, from Gulfport Airport to Atlanta Airport. And how far are we along, RJ? I have no idea. I don't yeah, know how don't this know, game. Works. I don't know how to read any of these fucking readings. I just this put on like AI mode on Microsoft Flight Simulator, and we're gonna see if we get there by the end of the second half. Okay, yeah, we're gonna. So we have a. It's a timed uh, episode. It's a trip. We to, we're two hundred fifty-five point four nautical miles away. So There's this is stakes. technically the first off the reel episode that we're in the Mile High Club. Off the reel, off the ground, off the ground, tugging each other's little gherkins. Ooh, so hot fuzz. Hot Fuzz, big fan of Hot Fuzz. Didn't rewatch it for this episode. That was a mistake. Yeah, we really I did. should have watched all these movies. Yeah. Michael, you talk about your, your opinions on, on this lovely Hot Fuzz. So I've always loved Matter Trilogy. Um, I've always like loved all three of them. Um, Shaun of the Dead is easily my favorite. But when I saw this was in your top four list, I was like, okay, well, I definitely want to rewatch that. Because Hot Fuzz is one of the ones I've only seen once when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I've seen, um, what's the other one called? The World's End. At World's End. I've seen yeah. that one multiple times. I've, I've only seen, seen that one once. I've seen Shaun of the Dead a, a billion times. Hot Fuzz I only watched once when it first came out. And I was disappointed because I was expecting oh, a movie as good as Shaun of the Dead. And That's to me, insane. it just didn't reach that caliber. You're horror. But guy. on a rewatch... I enjoyed it a lot more. Love the movie. It was an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. 
it's uh, what I found funny about it. It's one of the only movies I've seen that Simon Pegg gets to be a badass. Oh yeah, that's oh, true. It's, it's the only movie where he's a badass, even in the Mission Impossible. Yeah, I was, I was about to say Mission Impossible. I was like, not really. No, he no just, he's a joke in Mission there's Impossible. There's a scene in Mission Impossible where he puts a seatbelt on. You're a bitch <laughs> if you wear your seatbelt, dude. In a Mission Impossible movie, yeah. of all things, he puts too, a seatbelt yeah. on, yeah. And RJ, I gotta say, I disagree. It's not. It, it. You said it. Mike didn't like it as much because he's such a horror guy. But yeah. Hot Fuzz is a fat is an interesting movie because it's an amalgam of like action movie satire parody scenes and a grotesquely violent slasher movie. Oh, yeah, that's I'm true. about to say there's a little bit of horror, and I think all three of those movies actually have a, a yeah. have an element of horror. Yeah. And Body Snatchers in three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, that is it is such. It's so bizarre that. This parody of slasher or, or of action movies is also just fucking the goriest slasher. <laughs> yeah. The people who die really die. They die like they fucking die so hard, hard, dude. Yeah. That that first scene when uh, the couple I forget their names, but the couple dies at the after the show, mm-hmm. um, and the the guy the the hooded figure with the axe comes in it and just blood starts spraying <laughs> and she's screaming her it's fucking li- lungs out. And it cuts to their heads on the side of the yeah. highway. So what's y'all's favorite action scene? Ooh. Definitely the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie. The whole last shootout? Yeah, it's when like they're just, like, going through the town, blowing everybody true. away. Yeah. What about the duck chase? The duck chase is pretty gross. Yeah. I love that the duck just keeps popping up in the movie. It's actually, it's actually a swan. Yeah, a swan. Yeah, a swan, my bad, guys. It's got a, it's got I a thought that. I was like, I thought it was a swan. Maybe I was, was going to say geese or goose. Yeah, no. It's a swan. It's in, this is an English film. This is why you got to rewatch the movie, dude. Yeah, we fucked this we fucked uh, this up. part of the episode up. Um, what, do we uh, have RJ? What do you have to say about Hot Fuzz? I love the grocery store shootout. Okay, and okay, I can do like that. you said uh, the reloads. Yeah. Where just acting, oh yeah. Where every scene they're just reloading more and yeah. more. Every as they're walking up, running up to the the grocery store, you just hear <laughs> as they're talking in between lines of dialogue. There's more guns pumping, shotguns pumping. It's got possibly. The tightest little screenplay I've ever seen oh, in a motion yeah. picture. It's so tight you can't even wriggle your little body through it. There it, really isn't. Like, it's a fair for a comedy. It's a fairly long movie, but oh, there's really like two there's no dead air. Yeah, there's yeah. really no part of it that doesn't. There's no part of the movie that's not moving the plot yeah, along. You can't cut any part of that movie. I believe there's a bit in the commentary where they say this has like the shortest first act of any movie they've done because it's like 15 minutes and like all the information set up. Yeah, how long does it take for him to get to the small town? It takes like 30 four seconds. Four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> It's so good. It's one of the greatest movies. Like every line sets up a joke later that pays off. Every everything that happens later is, is like calling back to something that happens mm-hmm. at the start. Mm-hmm. There's even a line at the beginning. I forget who says it. I think it's Bill Nye. I think Simon Pegg goes like, "With respect, sir, you can't just make people disappear." Yes, I can. I'm the chief inspector. Does that little thing with his his upper lip? It's so good. That's that's a classic screenwriting um, tactic where in the first ten minutes of your script. You should have somebody like subtly kind of off the cuff state the thesis of your movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thesis of the fucking that's movie incredible. without, well, you don't want to be obvious about it. Cause like when you watch it, Oh, it's a throwaway gag, but yeah, then yeah. the ninth or 10th time you watch, it, you go, Oh, Bill Nye, he's calling out the cold. If, I, of if I rewatch the movie, I would remember my one thing where, where there's a plot hole with the ketchup eye thing where he stabs what? him in the, where he stabs him with the ketchup or something. What do you mean? What's the plot hole? But they don't check the body or something. I don't know. I forgot. Oh, cause later on he like, they throw him in the, ditch or something and they throw him in a trunk but, but yeah that's also weird because 
So Nick Frost walks out all, you know, like one of us, you know, yeah, and it's, the, it's greater good or whatever. the greater good, you know, and he, it's, it's like he's been a part of the cult the whole time and he stabs Simon Pegg in the chest and then Simon Pegg ostensibly dies. Yeah. Then Nick Frost drives him out to the country, lets him out. Um, and he goes, I thought it was uh, Nick Frost reveals that he didn't realize they were killing people. I thought it was my dad's little club. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so why did he walk up and just fucking yeah. stab how him immediately? He, so how would he know that? And then how would, why would they just trust that he would be like cool with the, cool with the murder? Yeah. 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 Just off the, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's what I remember. I was like, that's the one thing that always stuck with me with that movie. Why? Yeah. If he didn't know that, it was about is, murder, why did he immediately murder? That's that an incredible true. good point. An incredibly good point. Somebody I guess the script isn't a So type. you should just take this off your top four because the movie yeah, sucks fuck now. fuck this movie. I'm actually going to change my whole top four now. I'm gonna oh, make, no. All right. We'll see you guys in three weeks. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you got to watch Blowout, fuckers. One thing I really liked about this movie, though, like Shaun of the Dead, they don't really verbally reference other zombie movies. <laughs> But visually, they reference other zombie oh, movies, oh, yeah. like with the things they do and everything. This like movie, actually, I don't remember. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Go finish your thought. But uh, in Hot Fuzz, they verbally throughout the whole movie are like referencing other like cop action movies. Mm. Yeah, and, that's, uh, I love it. I thought that was just really, really cool. Like, and, like Point Break. Yeah, like Point Break. Shooting the gun in the yeah. air. Yeah, but I think that's one of the jokes. That was the biggest sell for me. Like the joke that came back around because I mm. forgot about it. Because they're in the cop car, like trying to catch speeders, and Nick Frost is like, "Have you ever seen Point Break?" No. Amazing bit in Point Break where they jump over fences. Is that nine? 29. That is Swayze's just robbed this bank. Keanu Reeves is chasing him through people's gardens. And he goes to shoot Swayze, but he can't because he loves him so much. And he's firing his gun up in the air. He's like, oh. Ah. And they have this whole like, dialogue. Nobody ever does that in real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and he's like, no, I've never put him up in the air and said, ah. Yeah. It's a call forward to win. He loves his dad too much. Right. And he can't shoot him. Mm-hmm. And if you like forget, I, me personally, for, I kind of forgot about that joke, even though I thought it was funny. And then the end of the movie when he's like about to shoot his dad. Yeah. And he just like rolls over on his back and starts shooting up in the air and going, ah! Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, that's hilarious. I don't want to spoil it for our viewers, but we did something in part one that was a joke that's going to pay off at the end of two. I mean, I, yeah, okay. You just have to stick to the end to find out. All right. That's a good. That's a great way to get people to listen yeah. to our three-hour episode of the podcast. <laughs> what, what, wouldn't it be funny if it just that doesn't happen at all? That might be the joke. <laughs> Um, how far how far are we to it from Atlanta right now? We're two hundred and seven nautical miles, so we we're gotta, getting there. We got to get on there. the fucking ball, guys. Yeah. We're not gonna we're not gonna be done by the time Hot we arrive. Hot Fuzz rules. It is one of the top thirty movies of all time, in my opinion. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Yarp. top four Yarp. movies of all time. That's you true. fucking sloppy bitch. <laughs> sorry. You silly goose. I'm sorry. You're sorry. And it, it has definitely moved into no, the number two spot of the trilogy for me. We all got so depressed, or oh. I, me and RJ got depressed because we were all watching movies for this show, and it felt like work. It was it whole did. work. It was horrendous. I was getting depressed too because I was I like I get home from work and usually I want to pop on a movie and yeah. like for like a week straight it was like I got home from work oh, and I couldn't watch film. what I wanted. I was like I have to watch either this, this, or this. Yeah. I don't want to watch Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind right now. I want to watch fucking Messiah of Evil. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what, Reed? I. Last part I said I hate movies I never want to watch them. Yeah, I watched all the action scenes for Black Adam, and I have to say I'm back on board for movies. Hey, oh, all right, I watched all the action scenes from Black Adam. I don't think I like movies anymore. <laughs> I think I'm I've never watched Black Adam, and I don't want to. That's good. I will say about Black Adam, it's got like absurdly good cinematography for yeah. a 2022. Fucking super That's because all those movies just have a shit ton of money to pump into them. Well, and no, as I'm saying not... that, 
I'm realizing that's not necessarily the truth. The Flash looked terrible. Yeah, the Flash looks terrible. Every Marvel movie looks terrible, but the texture and like the depth of field in fucking film grain. Yeah, the film grain and then the wide angle. It's all wide angle shots too. Um, his, but his this forehead flying scene. I think my number two favorite movie of all time is now Black Adam. All right. Oh God! We'll, we'll, we'll hear it on the way around. So originally I had Repo the Genetic Opera on here, which I, we need to discuss. Yeah, we can discuss it briefly. <laughs> yeah, I still stand by that I like the movie. I love the movie. For as rewatching it, <laughs> as I rewatched it, I was like, this does not belong on a top four list of mine. So I swapped it. Since Patrick gave the time and watched it, I will let him. Rant about how bad it is. I also watched Repo. No, yeah. you didn't. I didn't you, complete Repo. I watched it. You watched it until the dude from Soprano started singing, and then you turned it off. <laughs> yeah, RJ, run us. I was going to say, RJ, run us through exactly your process of how you okay. how you came into this. So movie. I think I like just woke up and I was like, you know what I'm going <laughs> to do? Worst way to watch Repo. <laughs> I'm going to watch. I'm going to get. I'm going to knock Repo out real quick. That's how it felt. I was like, I'm going to knock it out. Let's get this shit out of the way. So I sat down on the couch. Jesus Christ. I put it in the Blu-ray player. And it started. And the, the old fucking fat guy from Goodfellas started singing. <laughs> and I was like, not today. So oh, I stood up Holly. and I took it out. And it never came back in the Blu-ray player for me. I gotta say, that's possibly the worst movie to watch first thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> that is not like when I'm pissed off and angry that I have to exist and like be a functional member of society. I do not want to listen to Polly from Goodfellas go, Oh, hydrate. The poor people. The poor people. We're going to eat their organs or something. I don't remember the plot. Y'all don't have any idea what the songs of this movie was. (laughs) Uh, I know that Zydrate comes in a little glass vial. A little glass vial? comes in a little glass vial. A little glass vial. A little glass vial. Oh, you actually got it right. I don't think... The the tone was way off. (laughs) the remix. Say Say something positive about it. Anthony Head is good. Anthony Stewart head's awesome. There's, there's no such thing as bad head. Yeah, there's no bad head in cinema. Um, what is? Can you answer this for me? Why is he doing like a hand, like a like a Jekyll and Hyde thing? Um, that was actually his idea as uh, an actor. Um, originally he was talking to the guy who directed it or whatever, and he was like, David "I think it'd be Bowser. interesting." He said, "I think it'd be interesting is uh, if um, while he's actually the Repo Man, if he kind of sounded different." The other like, what do you have in mind? Then he came up with that just rah, voice. Makes, makes no fucking sense. I mean, it Batman makes no does sense. Because like, the whole thing is that, isn't he supposed to be like a reluctant Repo Man? But then as soon as he becomes a Repo Man, he's like, I'm the devil. I'm well, they, they, have a whole, they have a whole song in the movie called It's a Thankless Job where it's that. He's noticed <sighs> when he's the Repo and he has the like suit on or whatever, mm. he just kind of lets himself go and he starts enjoying it. Because he literally rips this guy's organs out and he like puts his hand up inside of him and starts using him like and a puppeting puppet. Him, that's fucking. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I still stand by it's a great movie, but um, I just like I was like, this is not like one of my top four favorite films. And if I'm being completely honest, I I, I put Repo on there to say y'all would watch it. So <laughs> you did it, me. Yeah, it didn't work on RJ. It didn't work. It didn't. He like, rejected Repo. See, if you would have kept it on there, I would have acted like I watched it. And I'd be like, it was a good, I like the songs. Good songs. The songs they were, they were, were singing. Good. The, Even the, though I, that's how you would have known it was bullshit because RJ hates fucking the, musicals. The organ collector was a cool guy. The, no, his name is the Grave Robber. The Grave Robber. Put in a great performance. That's the only actor who I know is in the movie. Yeah. But uh, Alexa Vin- Vincent Vega or whatever the fuck her <laughs> name is. Andrew Anthony Zadunich, I think is his name. Um, is that his name? The guy who wrote it? 
I honestly don't. I'm not sure what his name is. Um, I'm bad with names. Uh, and I mean this in no foul way. Possibly one of the most punchable guys I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he plays the grave robber. He plays the grave robber, and I wanted to... There's not a single frame of this movie that he appears in that I don't want to fucking beat him down into the ground like a fucking stake. He's trying his hardest. Yeah, he, that's the problem. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Try less hard to be sexy. That's one thing I always thought cool was about this movie, though, was like the the journey of the making of it, because he wrote it, mm-hmm. and he was just desperately trying to get this made into a feature film to the point where he like already wrote all these songs, and like him and his friends would act out. Some of his friends would play multiple characters, mm-hmm. and they would act this the whole movie out on stage, playing the songs and everything. And it became like a cult sensation before it was ever even a movie. Mm-hmm. And then the movie was um, directed by the dude who did Saw 2. <laughs> and while he's making Saw 2, because he knows he's going to have no budget hardly for the repo, He's getting, uh, he's telling like the set designers of Salt 2, like, hey, I need this like massive graveyard. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Well, I don't see that in the script anymore. He's just like, I just, I just need it for the movie. And then he kind of pocketed that whole set they should to do Repo. It's kind of, I mean, I love that. I think that's great. I do love the ingenuity of that. Kind of fucked up. It is. It <laughs> I love it. New Line Cinema should sue that man. Did I ever tell you guys? And they talk about that on the commentary for Repo. So I'm wondering if any like of the execs of Saw Two are like watching the commentary and they're like, "Hey, yeah, motherfucker!" Well, I think I think they might have been upset, and then they realized how much money fucking Saw movies make for them. Yeah, like, and then oh, he yeah, directed like eighty yeah. percent of those movies. <laughs> But speaking of making movies, my real number two that I replaced it with, that I took off for Repo, and then I was like, I put it back. The reason I took it off is because the filmmaker has left a sour taste in my mouth here recently, but I still can't deny, you know, the impact he's had on me. So my uh, replace number two was Clerks from Kevin Smith. Miramax Films presents... You think anybody can see us down here? Why? Do you want to have sex or something? Uh, Can we? Clerks. Just because they serve you, doesn't mean they like you. You hate people, but I love gatherings. Isn't it ironic? Featuring new music by Soul Asylum, Corrosion of Conformity, Bad Religion, The Jesus Lizard, and music by Alice in Chains. Yeah, I thought that was insane that it wasn't when I read your top four. Yeah, first. I know. Well, it was it's on there for like since I've made Letterbox, it was on there, but I took it off because I was like, eh, his last few yeah. movies have kind of. It's like a cornerstone. But yeah, it's like it's 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 an important, influential movie. I think the top yeah. four should say something about the person, right? That the account is, so that you can look at the account and you go, oh, I get this guy, I understand. Him. <laughs> But yeah, as a, um as 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 a child, since I came out of my mother, I've been always wanted to do something in movies. I used to think when I was a little itty bitty baby child, I used to think actors made the movie. So I was like, oh, I want to be an actor when I grow up. And then when you get older and realize how a movie's made, I I don't have much. I can't act for one. Yeah. And <laughs> Relatable. You got introduced to Kevin Smith, which was, which was actually watching Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back at a friend of mine, a friend of mine's house. And I found out like he had this saga of movies. That I like <laughs> immediately went to Blockbuster back when you could do that oh, and rented them all. And just kind of fell in love with the dude. Like, here's a fat dude who's a huge nerd of all things that lives in the, sub- the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's now making it. He's, like, living his dream. He's becoming a filmmaker. And yeah. I was like, well, if this motherfucker can do it, why can't I do it? Yeah. I actually had a very similar introduction to Kevin Smith. I watched Jay and Silent Bob as, like, a 10-year-old. And I went, I like it when they say fuck. And my, um, my blockbuster was going out of business, so I bought... All of their copies of Kevin Smith movies. I actually, that's this is actually true. How I got 
all of his films. I I bought them all from a closing blockbuster and watched them all. I even got the Clerks TV series. That's Damn. awesome. Yeah, that's and, the best way to watch them. Yeah, dude. From a closing <laughs> yeah, video store. I also got my DVD copy of Deep Rising, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, should have been on my top four. Would have got you guys to watch Deep Rising, but Deep Rising is awesome. I fucking love Deep Rising. RJ would love Deep Rising. I would. You you would really like Deep Rising. There's a uh, there's monsters and gunfights and like funny little quips. Anyway, um, <laughs> Clerks. Clerks. Yeah, me and a group of my friends had went and saw the original, the very first Resident Evil movie, and uh, we were leaving. And a friend of mine was like, "Dude, I just rented this movie. That's really funny. I should come back to the house and watch it." And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. So we all went to his house, and it was Janice and I was straight back, and I thought it was hilarious. In retrospect, I should have gotten none of the jokes in this movie because that whole movie is just inside jokes if you have watched his other yeah, movies. Yeah. yeah, that's that's true. I but I still I thought it was hilarious. And, like, a couple days later, I went to Walmart and bought the DVD, and in the DVD there was a little piece of paper that's like, check out these other Excuse movies from Kevin Smith. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit, he's made other stuff. Yeah. But Clerks, technically it's not really – Clerks 2 is probably my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Mm-hmm. But Clerks is just such a it's the, only, yeah, it's the only real movie. Well, I mean, Clerks too. You the love only. Clerks. We watched it the other night. Oh, I fucking love Clerks. Yeah, you're, it's a great you movie. You say the other night that, that was, was five several, months ago. Several months ago. That was like nine fucking straight. But months our viewers ago. don't know that Clerks. Kind of like what I was talking about with Repo, like the making of it. I thought was real fascinating. Clerks is even more like this dude lied on credit card applications. That's yeah, that's awesome. Because like, he, he worked. He worked in a mom and pop. Yeah. He worked in like a mom and pop shop video store. And he would like That's apply commitment. to credit card thing. He was the owner of the video store, yeah, and then they, and call they would him. call him, and he'd be like, "Yeah, Kevin Smith, great owner, really <laughs> yeah, cool, owns this awesome. video store." And he'd put himself in like thousands of dollars of credit card That's debt awesome. just to make this movie that he thought, you know, would pro- man never got off the ground. He'd just yeah. be paying off debt for the rest of his life. You know, like won awards, went to Sundance, like, you know, made the dude what he is now to make shitty movies. It's a shame that we can't, that that's no longer, like, that he inspired, like, a generation of hopeful filmmakers and then that, like, um, that mode of becoming famous is no longer viable in nope. any way. can't rip off credit card companies anymore. Not just well, that, but like everybody, now everybody walks around with a video camera in their yeah, pocket. That's true. And with so, YouTube and all that, like it, it, it's so much harder to make it. It was so much easier to make it back then. So what makes, what 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 do you guys think it would make for a, the modern day clerks in terms of a DIY micro budget filmmaker? It would just be music videos. You just have to do music videos in a really cool, interesting way. Like, Sadly, I don't even think music videos, but honestly, to in today's day and age, to make it like that, I think shorts are the way to go. Yeah, shorts. Put are. shorts up on YouTube. Like the Daniels, they just started doing music videos. And stuff like and that. Then, and, you know, people will get discovered and be like, oh, I like this guy's style. Yeah. Let's get him but to even make short movies. Bigger. You ever see a short movie on YouTube? Do you, what, what's, the, what's the chance you click on it? I almost never. 2%. Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm never fucking clicking on a short. Yeah, I I I'd rather watch a full length movie, but that's that's true. I don't know. Um, I I really I really don't know the way to make it now. No, me neither. I because uh, what's the last like no budget movie that's kind of made it big? I'm genuinely like struggling to. I mean, Shiva Baby was a pretty like no budget movie, right? Shiva Baby, have you guys seen that? I haven't seen that. I never heard of. Shiva oh, that's Baby. from the Bottoms. Movie? Yeah, the Bottoms yeah. director, but it's it's a it's a great film. It's like. It's like Jewish uh, Shiva um, uncut gems. It's like it's like it's it's so good. You guys got to check it out. The last like five minutes. The last like low budget movie that really hit a big. It had a known director, so you can't even really say that. Get out. What are some some ones that came out last year 
that made it big were ones that w- these were still theatrical films. Mm-hmm. I don't know the story of how these movies got big, but like I went to go see them. Uh, the Outwaters, Skinner Marink. These are both like ten thousand dollars or under. Incredibly low budget horror films, but what they are is they're mostly contingent on aesthetic. Yeah, they are films that completely throw uh, throw to the side their plot, their logic, any character motivation, and they. Just focus. Like, it's like a YouTube genre of that though, right? Like yeah. people are into that already. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah. Like Skinner even... Marink did that. That yeah. is yeah, the, yeah. the director of Skinner Marink, Kyle Edward Ball. He's a YouTuber, right? Yeah, yeah. He started. That's what I'm saying. It's like, based on a YouTube short. Ma- exactly. Hell. That's what I'm saying. That's the best way to make it in today's day and age. Like a, Kevin Pill with Get Out. Ke- what? Ke- not Kevin Pill. Keenan Pill. Ke- <laughs> yeah, Keenan Pill. Jo- Jordan Pill. Jordan Pill. Yeah, but Keenan Pill. <laughs> Was like a YouTube sensation. They made little short, funny oh, movies. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the, that went on Comedy Central. That wasn't. Oh, like, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but uh, so did you say the, the, the guy from Barbarian, the guy who directed Barbarian? Uh, yeah, he was on um, the Whitest Kid You Know. His name's Zach Kreger. Incredible guy. Um, but I bet if you Google them, they're like uncles or like studio executives. And even I, the I new movie that's still in theaters, Talk to Me, that's by by some YouTubers. That's yeah. a good YouTubers. point. Okay, we've gotten so far fucking off topic. Clerks fucking rules. I have a theory about Kevin Smith, why he became such a potent uh, filmmaker, is because of that element of inclusivity uh, or exclusivity, I suppose. Because he's... Um, you watch Jane and Silent Bob. Jane and Silent Bob was my, my introduction to Kevin Smith and was yours. Honestly, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it was conscious. Maybe it was subconscious. But I think I maybe internalize the fact that there's so many in jokes yeah and so many like gags and i'm like i got to be part of this and like that was that's the biggest part when you're a kid those movies like the inclusivity part of it yeah 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 you want to be you want to know it. all the jokes so you have to watch all the like i watched them when i was like 16 yeah and we started with like mall rats i think mall rats rule. yeah and i was like who's Jalen silent bob and they're like yeah. we gotta watch Jalen silent bob start back and we're like what does all this other stuff mean yeah and there's like so much lore because like yeah. there's steve dave and the other one uh, right yeah. and then you're like those are actually his friends, and they now are on the show Comic Book Men. And he's got a it's Steve Dave has a fucking beard now. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, that that that's I, okay. I had this I have this theory about cinema, which is the seventies with the 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 rise of television created the eight the filmmakers of the eighties, which who came up directing commercials for television for the first time. So they are all. That is why the 80s is the iconographic era of cinema. That's why every like Back to the Future, Aliens, all these films have such potent iconography because they are made by filmmakers who got their start making commercials, being literally commercial. Yeah. And then the 90s was when the filmmakers started commer- ah, what, what what's the thought I'm trying to have? Ah, the the film started becoming more commercialized and um iconographic and so then the filmmakers of the next generation became those icons in and of themselves Uh, okay like kevin smith you you don't think about like kevin smith films you think of kevin smith you think of tarantino Mm, before you think of their films yeah they're like marvel or yeah (laughs) or star wars because they've become icons because film in the 80s became so iconic yeah. with these images You're like oh et steven spielberg they, yeah. they become like yeah. one in one yeah. In way, yeah so all these posters of these films uh start lit- littering colleges the next layer of filmmakers become mm. that 
you know, that iconography. Yeah, right. And that's why you see from the producers of American Pie. Yes. What's yeah. funny is Clerks. even you yeah. saying that the theatrical poster <laughs> for Jersey Girl, or like, I don't know if it's theatrical poster, but it's like the, the cover, or like the DVD VHS cover of Jersey Girl, which was the first movie of his that he did not play in. He did not have any kind of role in. The poster, the cover of Jersey Girl has his face in the corner. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, it's like him hilarious. with headphones on, like smiling, and it's like from the <laughs> from, direct, from filmmaker yeah. Kevin Smith. Yeah, they but like he just they, because at that point he uh-huh. was starting to be like this cult icon. Yeah, yeah. Like, and they wanted to sell that movie that bombed horribly in theaters. They wanted to sell it on DVD, so they put his face on it, so you would know it was his movie. And that's another element that makes Kevin Smith so unique and such a um, a forefront. Because because a lot of a lot of criticism, and I don't know if you guys agree, a lot of criticism with Kevin Smith comes in the form that his movies suck. His movies are bad. He's a bad. He's not a great filmmaker. He's not very dynamic. Right. He makes the same movies over and over. He, he delves just... a lot in dialogue, and he has like very simple one camera setups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um. But what makes him fascinating, and what made him such a tour de force in the '90s and early 2000s, was that he was one of the first filmmakers to have such a direct line with his own fans. Yeah. Because he would do they, those. Everybody knew him. Yeah, every, yeah. Everybody knew him. Yeah, you know, Kevin more, Smith, almost oh, more yeah. so than his films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's all like his personality. Because I mean, Where you watch those movies, all the characters talk like Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah. You don't give a fuck about the Kevin Smith characters. They're just extensions of him. It's 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 a it's a cult of personality. It's one of the first filmmakers, alongside like uh, Tarantino, who's like a cult of personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically. Um, you know, that's the nineties where the auteur theory really came into its own or like it, it self-actualized. Like it was, a, it was probably, I don't know when that theory popularized itself, but it feels like it probably became popular in the eighties and then like became self-aware in a, in an odd sort of way in the nineties with the rise of Tarantino, of Rodriguez, of these self-made guys, you know, who, who the common man, the common film buff could relate to on a personal level. I think now the reason I think that's kind of gotten to his head now that he is such a like a nerd icon. Yeah. Oh, he is. Because like, not only does he like he has the it's called the Real Kevin Smith Fan Club or mm-hmm. the Real Kevin Smith Club or something like yeah. that, and you have tiers that you pay and he owns <laughs> oh, it. Oh, and he owns the thing. It's his. Because a part of me a while a while back before Clerks Three happened, um, I was like I should join this because like on the top tier you get like exclusive podcast episodes each month you get like a copy of one of his original scripts oh oh shit <laughs> yeah it's That's awesome. gonna join. i might <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's cool shit like that but at the same time it's like dude you're such a money whore like he, he's well, always he, been he doesn't a bit make, of a whore he doesn't really make movies anymore he, he just does this thing you said the extensions of himself yeah, yeah he yeah. doesn't put the movies in the theaters you have to go watch him in the movie theater talk about it for five right. hours yep, before yep. they play the movie i i listened to this episode of a podcast whoa we're no, don't, don't say the name of it i won't yeah uh, but it's a movie podcast and he's he's brought on to talk about this movie that i love i'll say the name of the movie it's a simple plan he was brought on to talk about a simple plan and i was so excited i was like oh my god i get to listen to kevin smith talk about a simple plan but he makes it he goes on this fucking podcast and he starts talking about his relationship with the fucking producer of the movie and that's the whole episode. That, is that sucks. He, <laughs> is that he just makes it, he just starts ranting about that, and I just want to hear about a simple plan. I love that fucking movie. Do you think he's, do you think he's capable of talking about the art of the movie? Possibly. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I listened to his Flash <sighs> review, and he really, 
went over the dynamic shots. Does he really? No, he just said he cried. Yeah, I bet he did. When the guy got that cereal, when he ate cereal or whatever at the end. I've really, I've really lost touch with my affinity for Kevin Smith in same. recent years, just because of know. that. He's the same guy he's always been. Yeah, he has. But that, I, that's the kind of realization for this episode I had to come to because, I, like I said, I took Clerks off my list because I was like, you know, I'm not even that, I'm not that much of a fan of his as I used to be. Yeah. But I think do you it still deserves... have a love for the old movies. I do definitely. Well, and that's that's why I think that that is valid. Yeah, and I think that's important. And I love the fact that it's hanging up on the wall because it it was such an influential movie. And regardless of the fact that he's such a money whore and that he's fallen so far in the totem pole, that movie is still important to you, right? Yeah. And that's it's all still that important. To, it's still important to me. It's I'm still a, listening it's... to the life of Pablo. What? I don't care about anti-Semitism. What the fuck are you talking? I've literally lost what I was talking about because you were talking about fucking Kanye West. I hate you. Oh, I should put the Kanye West movie Runaway as my number three. Oh my god. Let's move on. But <laughs> no, but Clerks. Yeah, Clerks, so we, Clerks. We watched it nine months ago. Probably. We, I know. Me and Patrick it. watched Clerks one and two in preparation I, for. I watched three. one with you. Oh, yeah, I, was. See, okay, okay. What I was saying was that I mean he's lost his his appeal nowadays. But that does not diminish the yeah. fact that when in the '90s, when he became popular, he was a unique voice. Yeah, and he had his place, and he was at the forefront of that place. It's unfortunate now that he has become just another member of the pack, and he hasn't been able to innovate. Right. But that does not diminish the fact that in the '90s he was the first one to do this. You know what the thing is? He's just oversaturated. He is. Quentin Tarantino's way more fucking annoying than Kevin Smith. If you ever listen to him talk, I, I love I, Quentin I still, Tarantino. I still he love is Tarantino. so annoying. Like he's, he's a, annoying, he's, he's but funny. I love the way but he talks if he had about like movies. a podcast, like where he talked five podcasts, where you you had to listen to him talk for ten <laughs> hours a week, everybody would hate him. He would not be allowed to make nine movies. He would yes. have made six. <laughs> That's true. I still always think about this uh, YouTube video I found like late one night back in circa like. Oh five, oh six, something like that. Whenever like I was huge into Kevin Smith, huge into Tarantino, huge into Robert Rodriguez, like they were like three of my top favorite filmmakers. And here's the YouTube video I find of Kevin Smith, Quentin Tarantino, and Robert Rodriguez all in Quentin Tarantino's kitchen. That's awesome. Standing around smoking cigarettes, talking about movies. Send me that. I want to watch it. I don't even know if I could find it anymore. But they were like talking about this, the art of cinema and why they got into film and what they love about film. And I'm just like sitting there, mind blown, like, oh my god, to be in this fucking room. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you want to hear that? You want to hear a hot take? What? The best filmmaker in that room, Robert Rodriguez. Not true. Fundamentally false. Have you seen any of the Spy Kids movies? Yeah, they but ruled. No. I was actually I was about to say that's that's a filmmaker I need to do a deep dive on again, or like to to dive back into. <laughs> Should their we work. do a Robert Rodriguez ranking? Please, actually, that would I would love fun. that. I love Robert Rodriguez. I always stand kid. by that he's a genius, though, because he makes he wants to make these movies that there's not a huge market for, like yeah. Machete or yeah. Desperado, fuck yeah. shit like that. He he's wants to make him because yeah, he wants to. He thinks it'll be an awesome movie, and there, you know, his fans will like him. That's awesome, actually. I, so I he goes, that. he teams up with his family and makes these shitty little kid movies like mm-hmm. Spy Kids and Shark Boy and Lava Girl. 
that don't cost hardly anything to make, and he's making them with yeah, his family. Yeah, they film them in one green screen room. Yeah. yeah, he's making them with his family. Like, if you look on the credits, like, his wife's, like, executive producer. Yeah, and, his like, kids write, shit the, like that. write the plot lines. That's true. Yeah. Oh, that's true, because of yeah. Shark Boy yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. He makes these movies, and then they make bank, uh-huh. because every parent in the world is going to take their kids to see a movie called Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he makes this big nut, then he takes that nut and puts it into this movie <laughs> that there's not a huge market for, that not a lot of people want to pay him to make. Yeah. It's the classic Hollywood one for them. One for exactly. Them. Yeah, those behind that's the scenes were very that's, inspirational, because he's that. like... I shot all this movie in my garage. I just laid out a big green screen. See, that, that's why I want to. I think we should. He watch. even said in an interview, he was like, "I really wanted to make Machete. Nobody wanted me to make Machete, yeah. so I made another Spy Kids so I could make Machete." Yeah, dude. Machete is a part of the Spy Kids universe too. That's true, actually. Yeah. Danny Trejo is in Spy Kids. He wrote a set of intestines down a hospital wall, <laughs> and he's in. Oh, uh, we got to do Robert Rodriguez. That'd be sick. I, w- I want to at least watch like El Mariachi because I've never actually seen El Mariachi. I saw it when I was a kid, but I was way too young to appreciate it. Yeah, I've never seen it. I've always wanted to. I want to rewatch. I want to rewatch all those movies. I want to rewatch El Mariachi, Desperado, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. <sighs> I remember fucking Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Me too. You gotta rewatch it. I hated that movie. The f- very first time I watched it, I watched it in theaters. I loved Desperado, <laughs> and I watched Once Upon a Time in Mexico in theaters. Hated it. I was like, this is dog shit. A friend of mine really wanted to watch it later on and brought the DVD over and we watched it again and I actually liked it the second time. Okay. And now I can respect the movie. Now I like the movie. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Something about that first viewing, I just I hated it. I hated the digital cinematography, but I don't know. I, I miss I miss movies looking like movies. Because uh, like you could just go... You like could Clerks? Just, yeah, you could just go to the theater and watch Desperado. Yeah. And it would just be like a mid-budget, cool movie. You could just I, I I don't remember what movie it was. It was like maybe Mr. Deeds or like some studio fucking dipshit comedy. And I was like, wow, this looks so good compared to anything that's made now because it's shot on celluloid film. Oh, yeah. They employed a cinematographer who, by virtue of the fact that he's shooting on celluloid film, has they to know what to he's know doing. He's doing right? yeah. um, and there's none of that now. There's no depth of field anymore. There's no like texture to cinema. I want to fucking blow my brains out anytime I watch a movie nowadays. Damn. Anyway. It is cool because, like, you say, like, the depth of field stuff. Like, when fucking Orson Welles did that on that one scene that we talked about in film school 50 billion times in Citizen Kane, it was, like, this big thing. And, like, movies used to do that. Like, a movie would do something different, and then every yeah. movie would rip them off. You don't see that anymore. You don't see, like, new camera tricks or... Yeah, I, that's that's why a lot of people, I think, have been touting the death of cinema. They think that it's all been done under the sun, that it has to, like, evolve some dramatic way to be interesting again. People have been... Or at least ten, five, ten years ago, they were talking about, like, oh, VR is going to be the new step in cinema. Because we... I mean, cinema as an art form is still in its infancy. It's it's It came out... It was born a hundred... And 20 years ago yeah and so yeah like like it'd, painting it'd be, has been around since the fucking dawn of time you just have to con- like consider how many more star wars movies are Shut potentially available up, rj at least 500 but but i i do think i and i I've episode been, 600 of shut star the wars fuck up rj <laughs> i don't like you darth tinius darth tinius that's not a character's name that's, that's definitely is. a porn parody uh, that's true. Um, we've gotten really off topic. I've been really enjoying our discussion. I'm going into the Kevin Smith world of talking about Star Wars. Shut the fuck up. Um, let's do. We want is to move Clerks on? your favorite? You said uh, Clerks, Clerks Two is Clerks Two is my Clerks favorite. Clerks Two is Kevin my Smith favorite movie. too. I, b- I believe. 
I are there's just so much when I was a teenager tasting Amy was my favorite like there's yeah. just so much there's like heart for himself and the fans and clerks too yeah because he yeah. wasn't supposed to bring Jane and Silent back like after Jane and Silent Strike Back that movie was supposed to be the the end of Jane and Silent Bob but then when Jason Hughes got really bad on drugs and shit and was like in and out of hospitals and jail he said look if you get clean for X amount of months I can't remember how many he's like I'll let you play Jay again mm-hmm. So then he got clean, and then he started writing Clerks too. Nice. So I don't know, just like the That's the cool. background, the like. There's just so much Kevin Smith lore. It's more yeah. interesting yeah. than the movie. It is exactly like you were saying. Like it's metatextual. The interest in these films. His stories about like making Clerks too. Yeah. Just I don't know. There was just so much like feels in that movie. You yeah. have to have such a strong personality these days to recreate something like that, because people would have to be interested in you personally to be able to do that and he was he i mean he still is but he, especially back in his high you know highlight of his career he was like a nerd icon like yeah. he he did he everything a nerd wanted to do yeah he made movies that was literally just him yep. like sh- shit talking with his friends yep. he got married at skywalker ranch That's cool. he got to like oh there's this cool nerd show about the flash i want to direct an episode okay cool come direct an episode like cool, he got yeah. to do all he that kind do, of shit and he was on an episode of king of queens yeah like he got what? to do all that yeah. shit yeah, Kevin Kevin James is in a bathroom. Kevin he goes, James and Kevin Smith? Yeah, Kevin yeah. James goes, are you Kevin Smith? And he goes, yeah, I'm like, actually Kevin Smith, bro. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they Probably 69. the best thing he's ever done. I love that show. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, we've Clerks. we've spent a lot of time on Clerks and discussing Kevin Smith. Do we want to move on? Yeah, we can move on. So, RJ, what is your number two? RJ, you better fucking not fuck this up. My number two is not the bad fellas. Oh, not shit. the okay fellas. Oh, fuck. Oh, we're really not going the with great this? fellas. Goddamn, where it's are we going? the good fellas. Ooh, the shit. Martin Scorsese seminal masterpiece classic. His it's best film good. ever made. Nope. One of the best movies you could just watch. You put this movie on with your dad in the room. <laughs> you're going to have such a good time. Your Ever since take... I was a boy, I wanted to be a gangster. Yeah. This is the ultimate like fantasy movie. Like you really, not like, true. Like, you watched it and you disagreed. But I disagree, if you, yeah. if you watch the first... 20 minutes the you want to be in the first a, 20 minutes where he's a kid yeah where he's a fucking no kid. where he's a kid and even when he's an adult no not as soon as he's an adult the the reality starts setting in that first it scene with trinkles it in with jimmy no with See, jimmy. i think you have an interesting we can, we can go with this okay yeah we, we, we have up. a different yeah. we have a different take because jimmy not too different um because that that first scene it's not the it's not the first scene with with them as yeah, adults calling me a clown but yeah it's like think i'm funny do I amuse you? Do you, amuse you? Yeah. And it's all about like, uh, like Joe. I love that Henry, scene. Like Henry so Hill much. being like Henry Hill's got that fucking annoying like, yeah, like that laugh, that insane laugh, and <laughs> in the, in the face like the who? <laughs> He's he looks like a fucking cartoon. Yeah, that insane laugh. Yeah, and and and. Uh, and he's like, yeah, you're a funny guy. And then J- Jimmy's like, yeah, you think I'm funny? I don't have to repeat this. Everybody knows that fucking scene. It's one of the most iconic yeah. scenes so, in the history of cinema. So there are two different ways to read Or there's a couple different ways to read it. I read uh-huh. it like he knows that his friend is very dangerous, but he knows that he can like poke and prod at him in these certain ways. I, but you say that he's scared. He is scared he's of him. He's scared shitless Because he, he's a scary dude. He will fuck you up for no yeah. reason. But he knows that he's like one of the few people who can really fuck with him and get like this really funny and get him worked up. Mm-hmm. Like he gets him worked up and he hurts the bartender. Yeah, he doesn't hurt Ray Liotta. I I, I disagree. Like he knows In that because they're they're brothers essentially. He's Ray. Uh, uh, Jimmy is fucking with Ray, with with Henry. He's fucking like like think, Henry's laughing yeah. and Jimmy's like like what do you think I'm funny and like 
in my interpretation, yeah, he does freeze a little bit, but Henry's scared shitless. He's yeah. like, I, what, "What do you mean? I'm not like Henry. Look at look at him in that scene. Yeah, yeah. Henry's freaking the fuck out. He's yeah, scared. But Henry's he gets, scared. He shitless. gets worried at first, and then I think it's like a crowd. I honestly pick it up as a crowd <laughs> work because the whole bar is watching. Be, well, and then I I think it's it's like a moment of like of like please God let let this like end it, when when but, Henry but he gets the final sting of like the you're a really funny guy like he hits yeah. him with he, if he was super, actually scared he wouldn't do it no, again he's scared shitless then he goes like get the fuck out of here yeah Jimmy goes Jimmy reveals that he's just fucking with him yeah Henry thinks that he's back on top of the world and he's making jokes but my takeaway from that scene is that Jimmy respects Henry Hill so little that he will make him the butt of the joke. Because he's like a he's a fucking soft little bitch who he can scare the shit. No, out. Well, that's the only scene where they really portray that kind of dynamic. No, not true. Because not Jimmy, true. Jimmy, like I watched Henry, a quarter of this movie. Henry spends it. the whole movie being a little pussy, and like yes. every time he laughs, like there's that little laugh that he does when he's scared shitless. <laughs> yeah. There's a bit where um Tommy is it Tommy De Niro's character? Oh yeah, yeah. Where he's um. Like, he starts beating the shit out of a guy. And Henry Hill, once again, scared shitless, starts cackling like a madman. Yeah. Um, but, like, he's just a little bitch. Yeah, he's a little bitch. He's, he's a, a whiny bitch. bitch. He's a whiny That's bitch. That's the point of the movie. Yeah. And then, like, people think, like, oh, Henry Hill's so cool. No, I don't think he's cool. I think if, like, I were, had the opportunity to live a life of a like in a movie, it'd be the people. I would be an adult in the beginning when he's a child. Before everything went to shit. But but that's just because it's the veneer of um, childhood. Yeah, of, of everything. I would be the fucking guy running in that got shot and he like throws the towels on him. And yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's a cool like power fantasy movie where you're like, they, they, they reinforce it a lot of ways. He's like, imagine being a fucking asshole going to your job every day. And you're like, damn it. I'm an asshole. I go to my job every day. Yeah. Like, Same. Like that's the thing that Martin Scorsese, like his movies. They really don't like glamorize these things. Yeah, they don't. But, but they do. They don't. But they do. But he they, shoots. If you're it, he's stupid. They yeah. Do. If you're, I'm stupid, and he shoots it in such <laughs> cool ways, like the Wolf of Wall Street. It's not glamorized. Yeah. But it would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like just to live like one year like that, like a complete like degenerate asshole. Mm-hmm. It would be awesome. Okay. See, I feel like that's what that whole plot of Goodfellas is, honestly. Yeah. To be like, a degenerate asshole. Yeah. yeah like, like you, he grew up wanting this lifestyle, yeah. and he finally has it, and it fucking ki- not only killed him, and he killed like everybody he was close yeah. to. Yeah. He, he's a, like and the, he, well, he can't handle it. Is the thing that he can't. He, he, can't. he got in way over his head. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. he went and cried. And then I love the ending. The ending's so good. Where he's complaining. He's in witness protection. He's like the spaghetti shit, the food shit. Yeah. I'm bored out of my mind. This all sucks. Yeah. Like he had then, like a whole second chance at life. Like he should be dead. Yeah. For what he did. And he's, he's just, bitching. But he's just it. bitching about it. Yeah, yeah. He's such a fucking. That's like pussy. the cool like dichotomy of Scorsese movies that I love, where it shows he's like really cool and interesting lives. You know, okay, like yeah, that that first half or so is like it shows the extravagance of this yeah, lifestyle, yeah. the exciting parts, but it also in in conjunction with the second half shows the, the horror. Downfall. Yeah, but but what it is, and I noticed this when I was watching it. There's a scene where uh, where where it's the scene where Jimmy gets killed. They blow the back. They they blow the back of his head off. Blood yeah. squirts out the front. And Henry says um, they even shot him in the face. And I, it used to bother me when I saw that scene. There'd be it, like they even shot him in the face. But no, they shoot him in the back of the head. I mean, yeah, I yeah. guess to be fair, Henry wouldn't know that. But that's the thing. You watch this movie. Nobody dies. Gets shot in the face. Yeah. Everybody who dies gets hit in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Gets shot in the back of the head. Gets 
gets ganged up on. Yeah, grabbed. They're in the going to drive their car, get strangled like out of nowhere. These people are fucking yeah, cowards, and they will turn on you in a second. Just she like Joe Pesci, I can't remember his character's name, but when they kill him, yeah. they like trick him. They're like, "Oh, we're That's, giving yeah, you a promotion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna be a made man." And yeah. they shoot him in the back of the head. Yeah, and and Henry doesn't even like what I interpret it as now is that Henry doesn't even realize that there's a difference between shotting being shot in the face and the back yeah. of the head. It's the same. You're dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And maybe this is just my perspective. It's way less cowardly to shoot a guy in the face with him facing you and making eye contact with and that's you like taking responsibility for it the none of these people ever want to take responsibility for their killings they they shoot them in the back of the head so they don't have to look them in the eyes they wait until their buddies are gone so they can fucking mm-hmm. beat the shit out of them in the fucking yeah. bar and kill them they're just cowards and yeah. wimps and it's also reinforcing casino when you watch we watch like like a little bit of casino and it's way better it's way it's a better casino. movie but i don't like it more i want to i want to watch it all the way through so that yeah, i really can agree should. or disagree with you yeah i need to watch it i've never seen it i it's, bought it i've never watched casino's it Casino's great it's just the characters don't aren't as well established or like yeah. their motivation you know you don't really care that much hot take about goodfellas yeah the longer it goes worse it gets Mm, no, it's um, it, it loses a lot. I haven't, of its, wa- I haven't watched it in like two years. It loses a lot of its narrative cohesion as it goes along. So, see, like a lot of the greatest moments in that movie are in the second half. Yeah. But as it goes along, and this is probably just me because movies that take place over long periods of time always lose me when it starts like jumping forward and like yeah, you kind of lose where their characters at in time. You, you can't like directly like follow because mm-hmm. like there's a scene where Henry gets out of jail where. Polly's like, you got to get off that smack. And I was like, oh, he's on drugs? I didn't even know that he was yeah. on drugs. Well, they showed him selling drugs at jail. I guess, but yeah. like... But they don't, feels... they don't show it that much because jail's more about the them hanging out and cooking food. Yeah, and like and like how thin Polly oh, can so cut good, the fucking no, It's the so good. Like even that, like you're like, I w- like, I wouldn't mind being in jail if I could be a part of this. Like yeah. just hanging out, making some fucking sauce in jail. But at that point in the movie, I don't give a shit about that. Like uh, I, I'm just thinking about how much of, I fucking hate these guys. These guys suck. Yeah. These are the worst people in America. That's interesting. Mike, I've noticed you've been kind of quiet in this segment. Is it because you haven't seen it recently? I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but okay. I mean, I, I love the movie. It's a great movie. It's got great energy all the way through. I kind of agree with you, though. Like, the longer it goes, the worse it gets. Yeah. Because I, mean, I remember, like, the first, like, hour of that movie, I was so into it. I thought it was, like, so great. And then it just kind of started. The further it goes. Yeah. And it's for, I, be, I personally, it's for that reason that I said. It's the longer it goes, the like, the bigger the di- time jumps are, the less you can relate to the characters because you can true. no longer track yeah. Directly, their character. Right. Yeah, you know him so well up until he goes to jail, like jail for the first time. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And then it starts jumping, and yeah. you're like, "What the fuck? Who is this guy?" Yeah, but it, but it's just like great segments and like little pieces are so they're so fucking tasty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they're so good. That sequence with the helicopter where oh, he's trying so to make was playing the Rolling the Stones sauce. in the background. Yeah. Oh my god, it's incredible. He it's one of the, the greatest phone. moments in cinema. Stir my fucking sauce. Yeah, because <laughs> he's lost per- so much perspective. Yeah. That, like he keeps looking out all frenzied. <laughs> like do, like like Force selling. These drugs, yeah. $60,000 worth of drugs, and making the sauce it's like incredible. has the same al- yeah. level of relevance in his life. <laughs> he's, like, he's like pulling up to the side bitch. They're like taping drugs to the to the babysitter. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Oh my god! When she goes like, "I need my hat. You want to beat the shit out of yeah, this?" I need my hat. I need my hat. Like, That's my good luck charm. And then guess what? She didn't bring the hat. She, she got gets caught. Get pinched, yeah. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. And and that's the that's the first time in the movie. That that monologue that he has, mm. or, or that voiceover, once he gets pinched, where you like realize that yeah, pet, like uh, more Scorsese knows that these guys are suck. Oh, is yeah. that because like he knows that they're cops and not gangsters that have caught him, 
because they, the, the gun to the back of the head. Yeah, if they if there were gangsters, he would never would have seen it. He coming. would have never saw it they, He would have been dead already. Yeah, yeah. That's the brilliance of the Sopranos, but we won't get oh. into that either. Oh, and the, that scene where um, Lorraine Bracco, Bracco, I don't know how to say her name, yeah, Brasso, yeah. Bracco, um, where Jimmy says like, "Hey, I got some dresses for you. Go to that storefront, get the dresses." Oh, that is. It's Incredible. so scary. That's one of the scariest movie scenes. Yeah, and she like she's walking down this fucking line of abandoned storefronts. She just, she just sees no. these guys, and, he, and he's he's just staring. Go on, go on, come on. And it's like the strength of his personality that most people would just fucking walk in because they'd be too scared to be like, "There's no way." Yeah, or they'd be just scared by I trust him, like, Robert De Niro. They no, they're just so afraid of him that yeah, they'd true. rather walk in than and like die than disappoint him. Than disappoint <laughs> like, yeah. him or like go against him because he's like the known killer. Yeah, the, yeah, he's. So fucking scary. <laughs> that's I, it, this is not interesting to say, but that shot with like I forget the song that's playing, but it, like where he decides that he's gonna kill everybody from the oh, the yes. the heist, uh, and then the montage of them in the garbage oh, truck dude. and the heist. They're finding all the bodies. Oh, it's so fucked. It's up. One of the it's best so movie scary. scenes of all time. This it's movie so is good. my hot fuzz. I really should have rewatched yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, we should we should we should do an episode of the Scorsese scumbag trilogy. What is this so like Goodfellas, um, Casino, Casino, and The Wolf of Wall Street. That's true. Yeah, I would have to watch all of them. Yeah, the 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 three hour Scorsese scumbag. Who's who's everybody's favorite Scorsese movie? Mine is easily Hugo. It might be The Wolf of Wall Street or Motherfucking Bringing Out the Dead. Wow, he's he's acting superior because he's watched it. I haven't watched. Bringing Out the Dead is an amazing movie. It's a perfect movie. It, my favorite kinds of movies are like very specific, yeah. like procedural movies. I would have watched about, it, but, like, I, but I had to watch Twelve Angry Men. My favorite movie of all time, Good, uh, Twelve Angry Men, that one of the tightest scripts of all time. It's it's an ensemble piece with twelve characters where you never feel like any of them phoned in. Any of the performances are phoned in. Any of the the characters are phoned in. Nobody like in in like a horror movie and a slasher movie, the most underwritten character is always the one you know is going to die first. There are no underwritten characters in Twelve Angry Men. Nope. You can track all of their character arcs through each shot of the movie that they're in the background yeah, of. It's so satisfying. This is one of the most satisfying movies you could ever watch. And RJ, I know for a fact you were you were dreading this because it's black and white and old as fuck. <laughs> I was not. You were dreading it because it. of that. I yeah. wasn't looking forward to it. Yeah, and I, they like, were shocked, right? Almost every black and white movie I have not enjoyed watching. Really? Not this one. Yeah. This is Clerks like, and this are the two. This is <laughs> this is one of the best movies it ever made. It was so satisfying to watch. It's probably like the just the way it progresses and things are unfolded. Uh-huh. And like it's just so like you're like, why do they talk about the train so much? Oh, yeah. the train. The train, yeah. yeah. Because, I, of course, of course you can't see through the fucking train. Yeah, or hear over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so it's good. so good. It's so good. And like you said, not one character is wasted. Like, nope. you could see, like, the progress. Like, it's like a fucking video game movie yeah. where you could see the progress bar. Yeah, of every there. character gonna, arc, dude. Oh, four out of ten. We're yeah, getting yeah. there. <laughs> the room's getting hotter. The room's getting hotter. The room's getting hotter. Brain. Oh yeah, dude. And then it cools down. Everything. Everybody goes quiet. Everybody at the races, calms man. down, and it's like a little calming period. Yeah. And then we get to move. It's one on of the, the best paced movies. I was like, I was blown away. You were blown away. I was blown away. I was watching it. It's the most rewarding thing. I've I was ever like heard thirty minutes in, and Michael he came home and he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm watching Twelve Angry Men." He's like, "He said it just like." And that. then I was like, "Do you want to restart?" Because I was like, "Oh, I'll fucking watch the thirty minutes again." Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's so fucking watchable. It's so good, yeah. 
It's one of the greatest movies. It's the greatest yeah, movie it ever made. It's the greatest movie ever made. Mike, what do you think? This is actually a movie I've, I'd always wanted to watch. I'd always heard about how good it was. I just never got around to watching it. So when I saw it on your list, I go, hey, okay, here's my chance to, you know, finally check it out. Yeah, I thought it was, like, amazing. Every character, like all of the 12 angry men, are so well written. They each have like their own story that yes. you hear about, like all of them. And it's all like a bottleneck. It's all takes place in this one room. The entire movie, you never leave this room. Yes. I mean, in the beginning of it, you're in the in the actual. But it feels like a whole universe. Right. In the beginning of it, like the first what three minutes, you're in the actual courtroom or whatever. Yes. You're like walking move, through the lobby. Yeah. <laughs> and then they move into this room and they stay there, and it's hot. There's a fan, but they don't. It don't work until yeah. they realize they have to plug it in. It's hot, and like they're all getting more and more pissed at each other and screaming at each other. And you can it's tell each scene they're wetter and sweatier. Yeah, yeah. Like every scene, like one guy's shirt just gets like is soaking yeah. wet. Yeah. The baseball guy. Yeah, the baseball guy, Jack Warden, juror number seven. Mm-hmm. I actually want to talk about him real quick. He's very interesting. Um, He's I probably watched, the second most interesting of them to me. I watched the remake. And oh, they remade it. They, a remake? they remade it with William Friedkin directing. Ooh. And you know who you know who plays that character in the film? Woody Harrelson? No, oh. it's it's insane to me. Let me let me. I start. honestly didn't know there was a remake of that movie. I want to watch it now. William it's Friedkin fucking don't... Tony Danza. Oh, I could see that. Um, and it's oh. it actually I I I like that movie. It's fine. Like yeah. you can't it's make just a, the same movie. You can't make a better adaptation of Twelve Angry Men. Okay, it's just it's. It's way worse, but it's still really good. <laughs> but they they ruin that character arc because like his whole character is that he's like, yeah, I want to get to the baseball game. And then the culmination of his arc is that he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I, I don't think he's guilty. Yeah. I don't think he's guilty. It's he just fine. goes with the ground. And then Henry Fonda's like, you piece of shit. Yeah. You just change your... But, but that's actually... Watch that movie again. That's not why he changes his mind. Okay. You can just watch his face and he's like, oh shit. Like, yeah, he, yeah. He re- he's so... St- like stuck in his ways that he would never admit it. But Henry Fonda has genuinely converted him to believing that he's innocent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one, one quick second. We landed in Georgia. And you okay. have keep going. Keep it. going. I'm sorry. Um, he genuinely convinced him that he's innocent, but he cannot, his ego cannot allow him yeah. to state that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Henry Fonda gets pissed off at him because he thinks that the only reason he changed it is because of the baseball game. And once again, his ego won't allow him to say anything. So he just doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's just left up to the audience to realize that. And something that pisses me off about that William Friedkin remake, besides the fact that it's all shot for fucking TV style coverage, fuck that movie is the fact that they directly like rewrite it so that he says it out loud. And uh... he's like, no, I changed my vote legitimately fuck I'm you guys not racist yeah and but something interesting about that remake is that um it's multiracial like um uh, they have they f- McKelty Williamson okay they have the one guy who's like spanish but is he yeah yeah he's like uh, the foreign guy cuz the guy on trial so is spanish good. right yeah he's hispanic yeah, hispanic oh my god and rj rj you were telling me that it bothered you the fact that uh, this is just a, this is a little nitpick yeah yeah it doesn't really it, it doesn't really apply to the movie what no, was your nitpick? Yeah. It's just like the little trope of like the guy who's better than the society he's in. Uh, that never really bothers it me. Doesn't because... ever, I, it was just something stupid, I would say. He, I mean, it didn't bother me. I thought the movie was great. But yeah, I don't know his name. But the guy who uh, first, the, the original guy that votes not guilty. Yeah. Right off the bat. The, 
he, he did kind of have a uppity little snarky way about him that he was like, "Oh, well, y'all are just idiots." Like, yeah. listen to me. You're number eight. I'm I'm right. Like, you know, I'm smarter than you. Like, it it kind of faded as the movie went. Like by the end of it, I didn't think of him that way anymore. But yeah, at the like beginning, guy, yeah. but at the, the first like half hour or so, he, I was like, "This guy's kind of an arrogant asshole." I, I never, I never saw that. But to yeah. be fair, I haven't seen it. It didn't hurt the movie. The movie is like amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's a perfect. It was just a stupid nitpick, <laughs> just yeah. to piss you off. Yeah, it's a perfect movie. Yeah, it's pretty perfect. Yeah, I love the um the last juror. He was like that was an insane Lee Cobb. Yeah, that that was an insane like character arc. Yeah. With the where it's like teases like this the picture of the sun. Oh. He's like, it's like I'll beat the shit out of my kid and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And like the only way like saying that the kid's guilty, he's saying that he's fucking guilty. Yeah, yeah. So it's like an insane like turn of or like he's like condemning himself yeah. to the same thing that like the kid would have been condemned oh to. My God, when he starts like crying <laughs> it's a, with his ha- face yeah, in his arms he and he finally just says, Not guilty. Like oh, like they, they were oh, like, he was, like one of the last two holdouts and the other one was the racist guy. Yeah. So he just starts screaming racist shit oh. and everybody it's just quiet. And then everybody everybody, even including Lee Cobb, yeah. turns their back on that yeah, guy. Yeah, they just don't even acknowledge what he's saying. He just he's like, Well fuck. He just sits oh. down and but and he just sits in a corner for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the movie. But the at the end when Lee Cobb like finally gives in and says not guilty and mm-hmm. then everybody starts filing out the uh, scene where Henry Fonda like grabs his, jacket, his jacket, jacket for him, him. and helps him on. Uh, I'm gonna start crying. Dude. <laughs> I've had some vodka. Dude, it's so beautiful. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's a perfect movie. Yeah. I'd uh, watch that again. I kinda wanna watch the remake now just because I'm curious. Yeah, it's interesting. Um yeah, like it's got that multiracial aspect. It's got McKelty Williamson. He actually he plays the racist. Okay. The, the black guy plays the racist, but he hates Hispanics. Oh, yeah. There's also Ozzie Davis. He plays number two. He's the flip-floppy guy yeah. who's played by, I believe, Ed Bagley Sr. in the film, in the, the original. Is that the ad guy or the one next to him? The, he's the... He's the I, I, I think, oh, the little yeah. nerd. The little, the little nerd guy. Yeah. Um, he's he, It's played by a black guy, Ozzie okay. Davis, who's in Bubba Hotep. Have you guys oh, seen yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Something I think is interesting that doesn't really tie in super much, but in the original film, juror number three is played by Lee J. Cobb. Um, an exorcist, the first exorcist, Lee J. Cobb plays okay. the detective Kinderman. And then in Exorcist 3, before Exorcist 3 came out, Lee Cobb dies. So they have to recast Kinderman for Exorcist 3. Who do they cast? They cast George C. Scott, and then they remake with, Twelve Angry Men. Freaking, and then who does Cat Friedkin cast as juror number three? Fucking George C. Scott. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so it's like a full. <laughs> it's, it goes full circle. Full it's donut awesome. wrap that's around. Really cool. yeah. That's interesting. That's really really cool. Uh, what else do you guys have to say about Twelve Angry Men? I have one of the best quotes of all time. Which one? You don't have a monopoly on truth. I'm just gonna start screaming that at people. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. To me, it was crazy. Like, it's that old of a movie. And I love older movies, like, if they're good. One thing, at least for me, that I see in a lot of older movies is a lot of the times, if they're not, like, you know, a better one, yeah, you can tell they're acting. Like, you can tell they're they're not the greatest actors. They're just a pretty face. Yeah, stuff like that. This movie, all of them felt so natural just with them conversing with each other. They were like they were real people, yeah. and like you started learning their characters to the point where you're like, oh, these two definitely are not going to get along. Yeah, yeah, you know because they're just you so different. Yeah, and like I don't know. By the end of the movie, you feel like you have a relationship with them almost, oh. and it's just for a movie to do that, especially a movie nowadays to do that is a feat. A movie to do that back whenever this movie was 57. made speaks volumes on how great, how huge of a milestone that movie was. Can you guys believe this movie came out in 1957? Did what did you guys did you guys notice that the one of the first shots in the movie once they get 
I believe maybe the first shot once they get into the the jury room is a oneer. It's a oneer that yeah, goes for like, like five minutes. Like, Let's get started. Oh, the old man's is still in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. One, yeah. And it just goes around the room, yeah. introducing all the characters. It's so even the opening good. before that had a pretty long one take too. Where oh yeah, yeah. Where it went around the uh, like the lobby mm-hmm. to go into the room. Yeah, and it doesn't. But you almost feel like this movie happens in real time. Yeah, because oh, yeah. there, it does doesn't. It there's like no cuts. I think or, it does happen. Yeah. No, it doesn't because there's like it's hours. It's like hours and hours and hours. Yeah, that's true. Does it? I don't know. I think it like condenses time. Yeah, it probably condenses time a lot. Yeah. They're just sitting around pissed off at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, it feels like because they never leave the room and everything, like it feels like it does yeah. happen in real time. Like you could see this in a play. Oh yeah, Definitely. I think it was based on a play. Ah, uh, okay, that'd be an insane play to see. That'd be so cool. Yeah, I think I first experienced this story as a play I had to read in high school. Oh, that sucks. It was really good. Oh, you were <laughs> really into it? Yeah, That's I was awesome. still really into it. That's awesome. But uh, he had to lead it, read it with who's a racist. He went, why are black people upset that they had to get removed from Africa? It's way better here. <laughs> he said that in real life. Oh, wow. What, what grade was he in? He was in ninth grade. Uh, Jesus. But We uh, probably had really bad parents. Yeah, probably racist parents. I shouldn't have said his name. You mean beep it? Yeah, probably. Beep. Yeah, th- th- that'd be smart. You said worse about <laughs> other people, real people. <laughs> about people who will probably listen to this, other than from ninth grade. Yeah, he's never gonna hear. Yeah, this. no, he'll never hear this. There's no fucking shot. Don't look him up on Facebook and tell him you're racist and that oh, off the rails at you. No. Okay. My number one is, I guess, a little obscure. I don't know if a lot of people have heard of it, but it's a, a old... 95, it came out in 95, yeah, 95. Okay. Robin Williams' film called What Dreams May Come, which was based on a book that Dr- I also read. Directed by Vincent Ward. I don't know. I saw this movie as like a kid, which was weird for a kid to like this movie. I guess I've always been fascinated with the afterlife, like what happens after you die. It's always been very scary for me. When I stop and think about it, like one day you're going to die. Like that's the one thing everybody has in common. One day we're all going to be worm feed. It's always fascinating like what happens after that like is it just nothing or what what yeah is there heaven is there hell so this movie just has always even as a child like fascinated me with that to me this movie is like a beautiful way to paint what heaven and hell could be like it's not necessarily heaven it's more like a purgatory even in the book it's more of a purgatory and there's so many lines like mimic that like in the movie when he's in his painted house or whatever he asks cuba gooding jr he's like where's god and all this and cuba gooding jr like literally says he's like He's up there somewhere looking down, smiling down that he loves us, you think? Like, he don't even know. That's interesting. That is a, that is a very interesting way to... Yeah. So, like, he don't even know if, like, that. if there's a God still. Like, he's pretty much in heaven, but he's still, like, questioning where's God? Is there a God, you know? I thought it was interesting watching the film when, when I was a kid. I, I also enjoyed it a lot, a lot when I was in high school. I sobbed my fucking eyes out watching it in high Same. school. Same. But, yeah, I thought it was fascinating because I'd never seen a film. I'd seen a film that had depicted heaven. I'd seen films that depicted heaven, but never one that meditated so heavily on what an afterlife. Yeah, like being dead and having a loss in death. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like experiencing like what it would be like to have family members yeah. that you deeply That's one thing I always about. wondered when I was a kid. I was like, what if your family member goes to heaven? You go to hell. Yeah. Is your fam- like in heaven, you're happy forever. Right. So in heaven, are you just not know about them and that's, or yeah, and that's what i love them? about this yeah. movie is like it's not like yeah heaven is like a uh, paradise it's on your own personal paradise Whatever like want, yeah. heaven is literally like your perfect life your happiest memory yeah. yeah and hell is the opposite hell is your life gone wrong yes 
And like, but you're not always like happy. Like there's still sadness, you know. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. know. It's just you, such can, a, you can freely go through heaven and hell too. Yeah, <laughs> in this which, world, is, which is very interesting. Yeah, and that's why I love. Uh, there's so many great lines in this movie that oh, even now, like I was watching it with RJ the other night. I've seen this movie 50 billion times. There was like lines of dialogue that still like got me in the movie. Him and Cuba Gooding Jr. You don't know at the time. Spoiler alert: that oh. Cuba Gooding Jr. is his oh, son. My God, yeah. When I was, but they're walking I, through hell looking for his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's thinking back to a memory of him and his son standing by a tree. And Robin Williams told, tells his son, he's like, if I was walking through fucking hell, there's nobody else on this earth I'd want to do it than you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then it cuts back to he's like, he's in hell walking. In, and I don't know, that still like hits hard every yeah, time yeah. I see it. Both those scenes where you realize his kids are, are with him. When I would say one of them is very oof. strange to me. Oh, I my God. Lie. Which one? The, the one Asian where she's one? like. Is this the this is the woman you got hard at on the airplane, yeah. Dad. I'm her. <laughs> it did not say you got bitch. hard at. Dad, I know you have an Asian woman fetish. Yeah. So here I am. Yeah. It's very weird to me. Yeah, that's fair, actually. <laughs> it, yeah, it's fair. Even when we were watching it, RJ was like, what? I was like, yeah, this part didn't <laughs> age very well. said, I really like hip-hop, Dad. <laughs> does it? <laughs> I really like the movie Radio. <laughs> <laughs> I think that guy should have won an Oscar for radio. I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm going to let you finish, but yeah. I remember Robin Williams is probably still to this day the biggest celebrity death that really like oh, yeah. affected me on a personal oh, yes. level was Robin Williams. And I remember after he died, it was like a day or two after it, I rewatched the movie and cried like a little bitch just about the whole way through. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid or when I was young and Robin Williams died, I was thinking about what dreams may come. And I was like, man, he, he's probably in hell cause he killed himself. Right. But, but I didn't want to say it, but also like it, it, it makes me think of like the, the fact that uh, the, the cheesy little thing I came up with was like all of his fans who like were, were motivated by him. To uh, be, they got they, him out. They got him out. Yeah. Right. They all, they come all on, out for him. Yeah. I would have got on that bandwagon like to yeah, go to hell and look for Robin Williams. We got to try to bring Flubber, him back. Man. Yeah, dude. Can you imagine? Oh, that's it was funny yeah. when me and RJ was watching the movie. If you've seen the movie, you know that throughout the movie, him and his wife talk about, oh, it's our double D anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> and like, <laughs> so you know. And eventually it explains what it is. But RJ, like the third time they mentioned double D anniversary, RJ's just like, what does that mean, double death? And I was like, what the fuck? The day the kids died. The day the kids died. <laughs> With his gay-ass son. You know, the, the, gayest no, the daughter's son. gay. Oh, she's not gay. The daughter? Yeah, she looks like oh, a lesbian. That's what you were saying. I thought that was her son. Oh, no, it's a girl. Son. Oh, I thought the it was a really, I thought it was a really gay kid. Yeah. What the fuck? That, that's why. As a as an adult as a daughter with a bowl adult, cut, that's why he appears as a fucking Asian woman. Straight <laughs> <laughs> from Taiwan. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it's a really sweet movie. I will, in all honesty, say that I think it's a little more flawed now. As an, I do think it's a bit saccharine. It's trying a bit too hard in some bits to pull at the heartstrings, and some of the effects were doesn't hold. Well, it's ninety five. Yeah. Oh, cool! All the effects, like the fucking hell shit, was yeah. awesome. The the Cuba Gooding Jr. scene in my memory lives on as like, oh my god, holy shit! But when I was watching it this time, I was distracted by how fucking bad the effects work looks uh, in that remember. shot. But yeah, that's good. That's okay. how you're supposed to, you're not yeah. supposed to notice. To I think like because I've seen it before, um, I was less distracted by the emotional potency of the sequence. Ah, uh, okay. To to be like, oh no. Like you knew what was happening. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew, yeah. 
but it's still beautiful. And um, can we talk about Werner Herzog? Oh, yeah, that was very strange. <laughs> You know, that happened. I, I look at Michael. I was like, that's somebody. That's <laughs> fucking Werner Herzog. Why is he in this? Who? He's the papa. He stepped on his face. In the oh, okay. He's like, papa. And that has no purpose in the movie. Yeah, it was just a cool little cameo. Yeah. You're not my dad. You're not my dad. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love the little, that scene when there's like all the faces on the ground. He's like walking all over him. If you stop and listen, it's just, it's so funny the shit some I'm of them are saying. I'm a fucking lawyer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like I screwed over all of my clients. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a very sweet, very genuine, beautiful movie. It's 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 based on a novel that I want to read now. I have the book. It's really really good. Richard Matheson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you read any other Richard Matheson? I, I have not. I, I've read. I've seen a lot of his the films that have either been made from his works or that he's written himself, and I fucking love Richard Matheson. Right. I was such a huge fan of the movie back when I was like a teenager, and I I, I rewatched it and saw like based on the like uh novel or whatever and I went out and bought it that was just because it was that I never read anything else of him but that book is like really really good very different from the movie he wrote um, really very different very different I thought it would have been like kind of one to one it's it's close Uh but it's different okay okay is it more cerebral or it's creepy not uh, the beginning of it's free like I said I've always been like kind of scared of death yeah in the beginning of the book, whenever Chris is dying, the way he writes it, the way he describes dying, it's very closely how you think it would feel to die. Mm. And it's almost freaky to read. Like like in what way? It's been years since I've read it, but just like, I don't know, just the detail he goes into about, you know, I felt this, and then I, I stopped breathing, but I was still alive. And then I stopped hearing everything around me. But I can still like sense everybody around. I don't know. It's just yeah. very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie had that very interesting thing where Cuba Gooding Jr. had to teach him how to stop being physical or something. He yeah. was like, he's like, he's like, why are we walking? You got to stop being physical. You got to yeah. like, like forget you ever had a body, which yeah. is right. interesting. That's, but but it's interesting because there, it's also still everything stays physical for the whole movie. Yeah, because you can't make a movie where everything's non-physical. Exactly, you have to have representation. Yeah, this movie reminds me of the Congress by Robin Wright. Oh my fucking god! Stop talking about the fucking Congress <laughs> with Robin Wright. We're not watching that fucking movie. It's good, is it? Yeah. Did you watch it sober? Stone Cold sober? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. But RJ, what did you think of the movie? <sighs> Do I have to? I didn't like it. I'm sorry. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I feel so bad. You didn't like it at all. I didn't like it at all. You have no soul. It was... I mean, think think about how RJ is. Yeah. RJ's not very sentimental. No it, soul. This movie's so sentimental. Yeah. I, and I can see that. Actually, see at this why. point in my life, I think it does hold a lot of sentimental shit for me. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's Which why I don't want to talk bad about it. it but yeah, like, I don't like care. You said, the the saccharine part really bothered me. Robin Williams fucking crying face the whole time i like robin williams robin williams in my opinion has a one of the he's one of the most sincere and genuine actors who can conjure emotion is in his in his audiences that there is like just his face smiling brings tears i don't don't think i have a connection to him like that that's okay so him like mugging and crying the whole time very bothered me it's it's fair that you feel that way yeah, but the weird Asian daughter subplot. Oh my god! Thing is, when she's saying that, when she's yeah, saying like, again. when when she's saying that, like, oh, my father said Asian women were the most beautiful. Be-. She's saying it like almost sarcastically, like she's not happy about it. 
So why is she, she doing it? She has uh, no, but like her body language, she has kind of like a disdain on her face when she's saying it. I, I think it's it's really complex. I think, but I think like. I mean, when you're a kid, a deeper meaning. when you're a little kid, right? Yeah, there's not, there's not something sex. dirty to it, but like, but, but, she, but, but an old man wrote this movie. That's true. well, but, but you're I mean, at from the mind of a, a his daughter who was like eight yeah, years old. I, I, still, I don't. Yeah, she's think, like, well, you liked him so much. See, I think I know, modern modern storytellers are really concerned about like the Twitter crowd. Yeah. Right? How's it gonna look? People are gonna overthink yeah. it. This is a, a guy, to be fair, it is an adult man, but he's trying to think, and I think in all sincerity. Yeah, in all yeah sincerity, this movie's very sincere to where I don't think that was the point. Yeah. I just thought that, I think was in, weird. In all sincerity, it's supposed to be a daughter who, she looks up to her father, yeah. and she sees that her father sees this woman as regal, less so okay. beautiful. Yeah, because she was kind of like the king of the area, or the queen, like with her little playset, yeah. like yeah, yeah. the kingdom. Yeah, and he sees her as he sees her as this regal figure, and he sees like she's beautiful. And as a little girl, you don't think beautiful means sexual. You haven't had that sexual awakening. And um, so she just sees her as like this incredible figure who she's emulated her whole life. It's not that she wants to fuck her dad, right? Yeah. Well, maybe, but you don't know that. What else do we have to say about? I did like the sets. The sets were insane. Oh, the sets were insane. Like that giant like upside down cathedral roof where he's like walking. It's full of water. Oh yeah, that was insane. Made me desperately want to see that version of Alien Three. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Yeah, I know it makes sense now after watching that documentary on Alien Three. Yeah, with him talking about like his plan for everything, and then putting two and two together. Now knowing he directed that movie, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, now all the like crazy ass sets on What Dreams yeah, May Come. Yeah, after makes we sense. watched the Alien Three documentary, I was like, I really want to watch this What Dreams May Come movie now. Yeah, and I feel like I might like it. It's just the, the just just the tone of it. Is not for me at all. Yeah. Uh, just the tone is not my style of thing that I like. Both me and Mike are more sentimental than Probably. I'm not going to lie, right? When you was like, that's his daughter. I thought it was his son. I thought it was his gay son. I was just like, oh, no. Oh, no. We should, <laughs> I shouldn't have been showing this to you. <laughs> the girl have long hair? Girls are supposed to have long hair. Wow. Sexist. I'm saying it. Damn, Jesus. I'm saying it. All right. Oh, also the old man. What's his name? The actor, the old man. Max Wansadow. <sighs> that, that was guy. a weird reveal. That he was they had, to be they black. Had, well, they had two consistent character reveals of like people that they liked. Yeah. So he, so the old man was the man that his son was acting like. Yeah. That was a very in one of his lives because that guy that guy said he's been like he's done the reincarnation thing like a couple times. Okay. He's like and in one life. Yeah. I was black. Okay. Mm. So they had like these like very like personal reveals of characters we know. So then the third one, I was like, who cares? Yeah, I wasn't super emotionally yeah, invested it, in that one, but it didn't bother me. No. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, it was right before the big emotional climax where he goes and sees his his, his wife. wife. Yeah. yeah, they should have really just cut that. Yeah. <laughs> just had to be a cool old death cool old tracker. Guy, yeah. Because yeah. it really kind of undercut the last scene, I, I feel. Interesting. Yeah. I can see why you'd feel that way. Because I was thinking, I was like, the whole time he's talking to his wife, I'm like, who the fuck is the old guy? Did yeah. they show him in the movie before? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he died. And he died in such a stupid way. How did he die? Robin Williams he getting hit himself. by a car. No, no, he got out of his car. He got hit by a car that flew in. He, got, flew he in. got killed trying to save people's lives. Why would you get, don't get out of your car if there's an active car? car. He's, a He's a doctor. Doctors would know that your safety is above all because then you could come. Wow. Yeah. That's true. Not That's true. true. No, well, he's he's emotional. He's trying to do the best. He's such a He's also not a real doctor. doctor. He's like a child doctor. 
He's a no, pediatrician. He's a doctor, doctor. He's a pediatrician, so yeah. I, I, he's I Patch that. Adams. Let's not talk about Patch Adams in this episode. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not like Patch Adams? Oh, no. It's okay. Wow. Actually, yeah, I agree. It's, yeah. it's okay. It's not great. The last, actually, I saw it when I was very young, but the last I know about it is the Nostalgia Critic video, which maybe <laughs> tempered my opinion. I think there's a, there's a lot of movies that I think are bad, and I've only seen the Nostalgia Critic video. <laughs> like <laughs> when, double When team? I was 12 years old, yeah. Wow. Like, there are movies that I, I, I like a lot now that I said for years I didn't like I was like I've seen that movie and like I hate signs. it that's because you have yeah, to signs because you have to form your own opinion well, and I don't know Doug's. I'm 12 when I watch these videos <laughs> yeah that's just like, why Doug sucks yeah my brain's jelly and then it just seeps in and it concretes yeah the nostalgia critic's opinion I'm like Oh yeah, Signs is ass, and then I watch it when I'm adult, and I'm like, Signs is one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, that, that's why as a kid, that's why I'm the way that I am. Because when I was a kid, I watched this reviewer who would be like, Watchers Three is the best Watchers sequel, <laughs> and I'd be like, That's actually true. Watchers Three <laughs> is the best Watchers sequel yeah. because it has Wings Hauser in it. Ooh. And then, um, you yeah. listen, dudes talk about Wing Hauser when you're 12 years old. Yeah, Wing your parents Hauser? should be in jail for letting you be exposed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, uh, that's why we're all the way we are. Yeah. Um, RJ, why are you the way you are? Tell us your number one. My number one is, is True Grit. Uh, I love it. It's like the best Western movie ever made. Yeah, it's like that hotel chain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. It's like the the way everybody talks. It's a musical. Oh yeah. Oh, it's it's, beautiful. it's one of the best. Like. Like, I've read the book. The book's the same way as the movie. They really captured the cadence and, like, the rhythm of how everybody talked. Like, you just watch the movie, and you just kind of go into a trance. Just, like, listening to how everybody speaks. It's so interesting. I love it. I love the uh, the Bible scripture the movie opens with. What is oh, yeah. That literally, like, sets the tone for the entire plot. Oh, it's, like, the about vengeance? No, it says, um, Proverbs 28.1, the wicked... The wicked flee when none pursueth. Ooh, that's very good. And I've seen the movie before, and I was right. I thought I was like, "That's pretty hardcore." That's like just that's the yeah, whole tone of the, the movie. The wicked flee when no one pursueth. That's that hard as fuck. But that's also like that's not my takeaway from the movie at all. I mean, I think it's a very good quote. Yeah. But my takeaway from the movie is that it's a cruel world for a child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the whole point of the movie, right? Is yeah. That and she's looking it for is, a father sometimes figure. Mad Damon may spank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's like the whole thing is like they set up Maddie. Her name's Maddie. Maddie, right? yeah. Um, as like this hard bitch of a like this baddie, this baddie little kid. I shouldn't call her that. That's uh, a sexually charged term. I don't think she's okay. a thirteen-year-old girl. Um, but she's she's a cool ass kid. She's strong as fuck. She crosses a river with a horse. Yeah, Patrick would have spanked her too. No, she, she's 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 hard and strong-willed. He's um, not denying it. Um, no, but um, but it's all a show and re- like reality. She's acting she's strong. She's a kid. She and, needs a father. And that whole finale is like that being deconstructed. That strength being deconstructed because yeah. it's this cruel and nihilistic world for a child. Mm-hmm. Because none of this stuff really matters. None of the fact. Not the fact that she has finally gotten revenge for her father. Like, has nothing did, to do with the fact that she just gets stung, gets bitten gets by a her snake arm taken off and loses an yeah. arm and her then, horse gets killed yeah, and then she gets like a father figure poor blackie uh, rooster she cogburn never, she wakes yeah. up and he's gone yeah, and she never searches for again. him for like 20 years she finds, finds him, him he's, and dead. he's dead yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cruel 
It's yeah. apathetic. Nothing matters. It's incredible. But it's it, so sad. Yeah, it's so. It's one of the saddest movies ever. The, <laughs> the very score goes insane. It's pretty. It, well, I love the language of the movie. Oh yeah, oh, that's, yeah. that's the way they part. talk in the movie is just so I don't know different. Yeah, but, like they enunciate every fucking thing. But it's so rhythmic. Yeah, I was surprised that it's so direct one to one from the book because it it's, feels so so Coen Brothers. Yeah. To me. Um, it might not be one to one, but it, like the the way that they talk and the rhythm and like the prose yeah, yeah. of it is yeah. the same. And they and they say things like that you only like normally think of. Yeah, like yeah. there's one part where Jeff Bridges says something to like the two guys in the house, and one of the guys like he just like looks confused and goes, "I am very puzzled by this." Yeah, and like that's something you wouldn't necessarily say out loud. You would yeah. just think to yourself. Yes. And that's generally that would be bad, bad. Very bad dialogue. Just the way it's delivered. Yeah. But it works so well in this movie. Yeah. The whole court sound scene where Jeff Bridges says, What? (laughs) (laughs) Because he's going to edit it in later. (laughs) I just think of cool things to do. I love, I love when they're at, at the very beginning when Jeff Bridges in the court scene and they're like, Did you shoot this man? You shot this man. You did this, this, this. He's like, you loaded a gun and cucked it. And he goes, if it ain't loaded and cucked, it don't shoot. Yeah, the, yeah. Whole, the whole audience just disrupts in laughter. Yeah. What do you guys think of Jeff Bridges' performance? Oh, oh it was it. amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, he really just has been coasting off of it. Yeah, he played in, the same in other guy movies. in R.I.P.D. Yeah, R.I.P.D. And then there's like well, another Let's not talk one. about R.I.P.D. I've never watched it. But it I know sucks so bad. It. I know he does the voice. Yeah, he does the exact <laughs> same fucking voice. <laughs> I'm in shooting. <laughs> I think he goes, I think he faces a, a, a CGI um, evil monster, Kevin Bacon. He goes, fill your hand, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Kind of has like an apocalypse now debauchery tour too. What? Where he just gets more fucked up as the thing yeah. goes on, and he's just like completely sloshed by the end. And she's like, "Fuck all you guys!" Yeah, and I'm he's like, he's myself. drunk as fuck, stabbing her horse. Yeah. <laughs> there was two parts of this movie that made me feel very uncomfortable, though. One when she found her horse, and she was like, "I'm a naming blackie." Oh yeah. <laughs> I was in like, fr- in front of the kid. In front of the yeah, black I was child. Like, like, <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, that's 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 not okay. Well, it was like 1965. I don't care. It's still not okay. Yeah, it's it was 1965. weird. And then the second one is when in Alabama, which Patrick Patrick just made me see the light in this, but um, when Matt Damon like repeatedly spanked the child. Yeah, she shouldn't have went across the river. Oh yeah. yeah, he just seemed to be enjoying it a little bit too yeah. much. I mean, that's just how people roll back in the day. Oh, the best scene in this movie is when they go to like the little refilling station, and Jeff Bridges walks behind that one fucking kid. And he just kicks just him kicks down kicks twice, him. kicks him off, he's and then he comes the back horse. out of the house and kicks him off again. Yeah, yeah it's hilarious. Like, just being mean to kids is like the quota of this movie. Like people are so shitty back in the yeah. day. I love that Co- the Coen Brothers can't stop making comedies, even when they're making yeah. horrific tragedies. The movie's so funny too. It is. It's, it's hilarious. So funny. Matt Damon like bites his tongue, yeah. but then like talks perfectly in the, yeah. the rest of the movie. No, he's like he's like tongue like this. Yeah, I love the scene toward the beginning it's so coen brothers with the macabre the combination of the macabre and the comedy but when the the hanging happens oh yeah the hanging with the you have any last no he, they don't even ask him he's like i was fr- <laughs> or no they they, the they, they just put it over his head and they start singing yeah and then they fucking hang the shit out of him. <laughs> the poor guy like it's just so well put together it's like it's, such a good like adventure film. It is, oh, yeah. like, and like, I love that they build up like the whole movie. They're looking for this guy. Yeah. I can't remember uh, his name uh, now. Josh Brolin. I'm about to say it's Josh Brolin, 
but I can't remember what his name is in the movie. I can't remember but they're like movie. looking for him and searching for him. They finally reveal him. They finally find him, and he is He's the biggest bomb. bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is such a little pussy in this uh, movie. And it's Barry. And he was built Pepper. up to be such yeah. like this badass cowboy guy. And th- th- this is what the the original. I love the original movie too, but the original I've movie. I've never does, seen the original. And this one does it so well. The scene of her seeing him on the river, like he looks like such a little scumbag too. The original movie is great. That's a I great to watch I it too. That. I've actually never s- sat down and watched an yeah. entire John Wayne movie. Like that movie, I would I watched that movie a lot when I was a kid. And when this came out, my grandparents, my parents, were like that's dog shit. It's not as good as the first one. And I watched them like this is better than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> but they're both amazing in their own right. Like it, the first one's more doesn't really Tom Cheney. Yeah, Tom Cheney. The first one is more of a heroic movie for uh, John Wayne. You know, yeah. he's like the big hero. He saves the girl and everything. Yeah. It's more of a more like, of a deconstruction in this, huh? Yeah, it's more it's more accurate to the novel. Oh, okay. Oh, I like that. And the song "Where the Morning Sky." Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Where, how that infuses throughout the whole soundtrack. It's just the whole time. If a movie so has good. the same song on the song track playing all the way through, yeah, I will love it. Like Top Gun? Like Top Gun. Top Gun rules. Like Black Adam. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> All right. With that with that note, I th- that's our top fours. That's our top, top fours. fours. What, what have you come away with this? Not fucking shit. This was a pointless, fruitless really? month of my you life. Really? anything about me? Yeah, I learned that you are not a sentimental source. person. You're not a sentimental, not a sentimental guy. Sentimental. Don't show you movies that have any cynical. kind of meaning. I look at movies yeah. and things very cynically. Yeah, you're kind of an asshole. Yeah, you almost ruined true stories for me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, yeah. uh, we've learned that we will never watch another movie with RJ. No. Damn. I will never watch another movie. I will. I'll, only, I'll, I'll only pull up YouTube all action scene compilations. <laughs> and I learned that Chex Mix is delicious. Chex Mix is so good, dude. I'm so glad we still have all this. Che- I don't know if we've described, uh, how we film this or where we're recording this in a long we're time. We're in a Chex Mix factory. We are. No, I mean, there's just Chex Mix. I, we used to have posters on the walls. They might still be there, but we can't see them through all the checks mix. Please boxes. help us eat this checks mix. We will. The next person who follows us on um, Spotify, Spotify? Um, and sends us five thousand dollars on Patreon will get a box of checks mix. A whole box. A whole box. And that's not a little box. Like either. a thirteen pack of the little ones. It's a, it's it's an insane deal. Yeah. And if you act in the next five minutes. One, we will include two, what I said minutes, three, not seconds. Four, four five. Count out on the deal. Five minutes. Fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna edit that to be minutes. We will include <laughs> a replica of Patrick's hands Ooh. in the box, so yeah. you can spank yourself with Patrick's <laughs> and hands. You can jerk yourself <laughs> off with my hands. Imagine he's Matt Damon, and you're <laughs> never mind. I'm not and you've been a bad girl. <laughs> All right, we're done. You have anything to say? What did you guys learn about me? I don't know. What you uh, about you? That you like to spank children? I do. You know. You, <laughs> what? You picked one respectable classic, and then the other three are obscure films. Wow. What are the what are the, what's the respect? True Hot. Stories is so obscure. Hot Fuzz is such an obscure film. No, not film. Hot Fuzz. Yeah, so you have a good, like a, a notable action film, a classic, and two obscures. Exorcist 3 is not that obscure. Exorcist right 3 is pretty obscure. Fuck you. It's not a big series, but I feel like it's like the one people know the least. Tell me about Dominion. What the fuck is that? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't. I didn't know there was an Exorcist two. Well, yeah, there is. Exorcist well, three. Uh, uh, you know about it less than fucking Exorcist three, don't you? You <laughs> fucking sloppy little <laughs> horse. Forced cock. me to watch it. Yeah, I did for this episode if that you wanted to do. If a movie's only on Tubi, 
Then it's obscure. Fuck you, man. What? Okay. Fuck this fucking podcast. I'm sorry. I learned Fuck y'all have Chex good taste. Mix. I hate Chex Mix. Mike, what what did we learn about you? I don't know if I want to know what y'all learned, learned about me. That. What were your movies? Wow. <laughs> it's, been, it's been seven days. Okay, so Clerks. Jesus Christ. What you, Dreams May Come. What was in part one? We learned that you think a lot about death in the afterlife. Yeah. yeah. And you dream a lot. And you dream a lot, yeah. Why? Because what dreams may come, a nightmare on Elm Street, and eternal sunshine are all about dreaming. All about dreams, all about being asleep. Oh shit! Yeah, it is. It's all subconscious. And Clerks is about your dream to be a filmmaker. Oh my god, it's come full circle. Watch fucking. And um, me, I like Exorcist stupid 3. dog shit fun movies. Yeah, you're you're a bad person. I like junk food <laughs> movies. Yeah, you want to? Wow. Patrick, I mean, not Pat, Michael's mom listens to this. Nobody's going to make it this far into the podcast. <laughs> if you make it this far, text one of us and say, I made it this far. I'm not going to remember that. If you've made it this far, odds are you know one of us personally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have our phone numbers. It's true. What's up, bro? Let's just keep it going. Let's just make it long. Let's it's already it long. long. We're only like two hours in. It, oh, Jesus Christ. Just this episode? Hour 45. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's going to be almost a four-hour episode. episode. Love you. Bye.